here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. That's what I spoke about is yesterday and uh, she used the words, uh, the word Kampfeer Gesellsies. I was like, that's a good word. <laughs> I don't know what your Kampfeer Gesellsies are these days. What is the topics next to the braai, uh, in the queue, on the way, on your WhatsApp groups, on, on those different things? What is it that, that you're talking about? What is it that other people are talking about? Now, I can guess it's sometimes about COVID. I can guess it's about the vaccine. I can guess... Maybe for some of us it's about a, a new world order, uh, a great reset. Where is this going? What is happening? Why are they overbearing? Why is it all these things? What's happening in the world? Is this the end? There's so many ways that you can ask the question, but the end of the question, I believe, comes from the beginning, or the end is the question, the root is fear. The root is fear, and let's be honest this morning with ourselves. The root is fear. So someone said the other day, like, it's not about the vaccine, it's about fear, because either you're fearful of one or, or fearful of the other. Either you're fearful of the vaccine or fearful of the virus. Now, I don't want to talk about the vaccine today, but I want to tell you that we as a church and as a family has been building up, like I said, on the, on the complete series. And now I think we're in part five of uh, the overcoming series. And really, there's a lot in the world out there, a lot about fear anxiety, depression, mental health, um, stresses. I don't know about you, but it's, it's crazy. I spoke to pastors yesterday at a braai, and, and it's, it's, it's crazy what's going on out there. And you can't have a service with 100 people. You can't have a conference with 200 people, and then you think, okay, everyone is now refreshed and ready to go until the next conference. I mean, that's not how we used to do things, but there was these highlights in our calendar, and now it's sort of just mundane, and then we get COVID fatigue, and, and then we need to make big life decisions, and we want to be responsible Christians, and we want to make the right decisions, and, and all of that is just adding, like we're adding weight and weight and weight and weight to us, and at the end of the day, who's asking you for the hope that is in you? Who's asking you for the love? Now, Jesus didn't say that people will know you by your political stance. He didn't say that you will, they will know how much you love me by what you post on Facebook. He didn't say that people will know whether you're a Christian, whether you get a vaccine or not. He said they will know you are my disciples by your love for each other. Now, why is that so important? Because perfect love does what? Casts out fear. So, we're looking at roots and fruits here. And a lot of what the world is busy with is fruit. If you go on your Facebook feed, it's going to look different to my Facebook feed because it's a fruit of what you liked in the past. Okay? It's just how the algorithms work. <laughs> it's not evil. It can be used for evil. But it's how it works. Okay. So, where are we going? We're going for some answers. We want to get out of this fear, stress, and anxiety. We want to get out of this overburdened state. But I want to share with you as well, is we don't have it as bad as some other generations of our church has had it. It's been worse. It's been much worse. One day when you get to heaven, ask the guys who was burned by Nero. Ask the Christians who died in the Colosseum. Speak to our brothers from Afghanistan. 
So, this morning, I'm not here to make you angry. I hope not. I'm here to challenge you and say, hey, what is the fruit we're bearing? Because the fruit comes from the root. And we looked at this last week, and last week I really challenged the church, and if you missed it, get the message, but I challenged you to rest. Not let's pump up and do more. No, rest. <laughs> because it's only when you take care of the vehicle, the vessel, which is you, that you will be able to be a successful vessel with a long, long life. Yes, honor your parents. That will help too. Amen. <laughs> Don't be uh, angry with your wife because then your prayers will be answered. But uh, that, that, that's scripture, by the way. But um, rest. And what we did as a, let's call it humanity, maybe more religious the religious side of humanity is what we've done is God gave us a gift called Sabbath and we made it a work. Now think about if you give your kids something and, and they want to work for it. And you give them this toy or this meal and they want to just, they want to just work for it. And, and you give them the food and now they want to go make the food. And like, But the food is made. Enjoy it. But somehow we, we get into this performance mentality and... Um, I laughed. Someone sent me a picture this week where it's a, um, a bicycle with a rope to a truck. And like this bicycle is now going to tow this truck. And it's just like, if you listen to too many motivational speakers, this is what you get up to. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's like all pump and, 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 and pomp and all of that. But there's no, there's no pull through. There's no thrust. There's no like, I don't know about you, but we've been pushing. As a church, I show you and your businesses and your family, like trying to, to balance things, trying to juggle things, questions, fears, uh, lockdown regulations. I mean, now people ask me like for interpretations of lockdown regulations just because I've read it so many times. Like, I, I never put that on my CV, but anyways, yeah, I can help you with that. This is how I would take it. But I want to just bring us back to the main thing. And Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I mean, that is just amazing. Now, if you, if you think about shepherds and sheep, who knows what's going on out there? The shepherd or the sheep? Whose responsibility is it to watch out for the wolves and the, and the bears? And the, it's the shepherd's responsibility. It's not the sheep. You can see thy whiffsy and scalp, no? like that head boy sheep. He's just going to... He's going to be right there with the shepherd and he's going to, are you sure? And, 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 and have we done this? And maybe they're tired. The shepherd will say, hey, buddy, I got this. You go be a sheep. You go be a sheep. Let me be the shepherd. Amen. Yes, we are shepherds of people, but there's a chief shepherd, which is Christ. Verse 2 says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Why? Because we don't want to. He makes you lie down. He invites you to rest, but He helps you to get there because we are so performance driven. We'll do it, Lord. One more Sunday, one more prayer, one more hour, one more project, one more... WhatsApp post, one more whatever scheduled social media thing. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. And that's really the part that jumped out for me this week. He restores my soul. And I don't know about you, but we're, we, we need to, maybe you need to, we need to have our souls restored. We need to have our souls refreshed. What is your soul? It's your mind. It's your will. It's your intellect. It's, it's who you are. It's your inner man. Yes, you've got your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. It's sealed. It's whole. It's one with Christ. But now you need to let some of that get into your thinking. And then from that will get into your body. 
There's a lot of sickness in the world which probably is going to come out still because of the levels of stress that people are currently under. Your immune system cannot operate successfully under a prolonged period of stress and anxiety. It's, it's science. <laughs> it's not evil. It's just how it is. So we need to take care of our hearts. We need to have that, that times of refreshing and restoration. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, Christianity, like, Christianity is not an invitation to no more problems. They lie to you. Okay? Can I say it like that? Because the word says clearly, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Jesus, come on. Why did you say that? Why did you prophesy that over us? Because He loves you. If you look at the context, Matthew, uh, sorry, John 16, 17, 18, Jesus is preparing His disciples for the greatest chaotic moment, the greatest disaster in human history. He's preparing them for the cross. And he says, you're going to be like sheep because that's going to scatter because when they strike the shepherd, the, the, shepherd, the, the sheep run off. We can tap into those chapters and we can learn from the shepherd, the master Jesus, how to deal with the crisis. And one of the ways that we deal with it is we're not caught off guards. We're not surprised when trouble arises. You know the word says there's nothing new under the sun? But somehow every generation thinks they're facing the worst of it all. Every generation thinks that, shame on us. Arma ons. Wow, it's never, been, it's never been this bad. Well, the format, the packaging might change. I mean, there's never been a generation who's been bombarded digitally and with, through the media and connectedness and all of that like ever before. But that's just the outcome. The agenda is still the same. And I'm going to prove it to you. Even though I walk through the valley, so what do you do? You keep on walking. How do you get through a crisis? Keep on walking. I will fear no evil. But what if there is evil, Peter? Can Christians just, just turn a blind eye? Shouldn't we be knowing what's going on? Like, people tell me, like, like are, you, are you, like, just missing it? I'm like, no, I can completely see where you're going and where you're coming from, and I can understand the logic, and I even agree with you. But what about a communistic agenda and about this? And I'm like, I agree with you 100%, but that's irrelevant. And that's really the message this morning, if you expected more. It's irrelevant. When did John the Baptist get beheaded? When he got involved in politics. It's true. We don't know that Jesus owned, or that, that, that God planned for him to have a, a short ministry like he did. What was, his, what was his task? What was his assignment? What was his mission? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight the way. One crying in the wilderness. You can go read it. It's all in Isaiah. And he quotes it about himself. And then what does he do? He gets out of the wilderness and he goes to the palace and he goes speak to Herod. Why? For morality's sake. The prophecy said nothing about morality, John. It says, prepare you the way for the Lord. The first Christians... Did they try and overthrow the Roman Empire? No. They just shared the message. Jesus, why did he get in trouble? Because they thought, and they used this against him, that he was trying to overthrow Caesar. 
Then he stands in front of one of Caesar's minions, Pilate, and Pilate says, what is this kingdom? Are you a king? And he says, yes, but not of this kingdom. He says, I'm not a threat to you. I'm not a threat to your political system or agenda. Why? Because it's too small. <laughs> it's too small. Like, it's like living for money. It's just boring. It's not, there's not enough money to make it worth it, is it? Donald Trump realized that, by the way, because he's the guy who said, they asked him years back, how much is enough? And he's just said, just one more dollar. And I don't know about you, but he hasn't been about the dollars of late. I'm not saying you should be a Donald Trump fan. Again, it's irrelevant. You could get crucified for that too, amen? <laughs> Are you living for what God has called you to live for? That's the question. That's the bottom line. Are we focused on the right thing? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Passion puts it this way. It says, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. I love that. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Like, think about the All Blacks now, the rugby team. You have to be specific these days. The rugby team, they can't be carriers of the World Cup. They can't, like, why? Because the Springboks has already won it, okay? Well, in four years or now three years' time, then they can try again. But for now, it's, it's conquered. It's, it's won. And this is what the psalmist says here. He says, fear cannot overtake me. There's no place for fear in my heart because it's full of God. I'm so one with my shepherd. I'm following him. There's nothing else that can lead me. Peter walking on the water. Funny that Jesus didn't still the storm in that instance, did he? That's another miracle. But he says, as long as your eyes are on me, you can walk on top of the storm. But a lot of people are so fixated on the storm, they take their eyes off Jesus and then they sink. And there's grace, because what does Jesus do? He lifts them out of the water and puts him back on the ship where he's comfortable and says, okay, I see we still need to work on your maturity a bit. And then people think, oh, our God is evil. No, God's not evil. God loves you. That's why he says, you can't handle it yet. Let's, let's get you back in, into the safe zone. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is my strength and peace. Whose authority? God's authority. At the end of the day, it's a question about authority. Who is the ultimate controlling authority? That's the question that we are faced with. Whether it's sickness, whether it's fear, whether it's a new world order, a great reset, whether it's COVID, whatever. It is about the ultimate authority. And can I give you the answer? Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go out and change the world. Yet, there's a lot of the church currently who's, who's, who's like deliberating who's got the authority. Who's in control? Who's going to do something? When is the church going to stand up? Well, the church is standing up. At least parts of it. But it's about what are we focusing on. We are not focusing on changing the political climate. We're not changing the atmosphere in terms of who's in charge and who's making what rules. No, we are just being kingdom focused. The comfort of your love takes my fear away. That's why I say we've been building, we've been coming from rest. Before that we spoke on comfort, before that we spoke on peace, before that we spoke about the heart of God that wants you to get out of peace and fear, uh, out of fear into peace. The comfort of your love takes my fear away. I will never be lonely for you are near. Verse 5, you become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. 
but my enemies are fighting, Peter. Yes, and why is that news? <laughs> it shouldn't be news to you. Even when they fight, continue your feast with Jesus. Continue your fellowship, your oneness with Him. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? I told you it's all about fear. But fear again is a fruit of a mindset, of a focus, of what are we busy with. Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Now, this is Old Testament. We have more than this. We're not returning to His presence. We're living in it. When you die, this is it, it, you might be disappointed. <laughs> you know what? You're not going to be disappointed so much about where you're going when you go to heaven. You're going to be disappointed about how much you missed out on while being on the side of heaven. You know what the problem is? We are too much ingrained in the world. Our thinking, our mindset, our focus, our timing. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. What does he say? He says, let me just mixing up my notes now. Matthew 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray you, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so that's pre the cross, it's pre Christ living in us, but this is how he teaches us to pray. And then what does he say? Your, our Father which art in heaven, so it creates distance. You are there, we are here. Hallowed be your name. Mighty high God, that's nothing wrong with it. God is almighty, praise Him. And He says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is, what is, what is the change, what's the variable? Is heaven going to change? No. Heaven's not going to change, okay? It's the one, first thing you can agree with me today. <laughs> or at least there's one thing you can agree with me today. Heaven's not going to change, okay? What should change? earth should change okay now ephesians 2 6 says that we are seated where in christ where in the heavenlies okay places is in italics you can take it out it's, it's not there's not places in heaven you're in the heavenlies you're in heaven you're with christ so who's going to change earth we should how should we change earth we should take what we see in heaven as the prototype and as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. Okay? How do you boil a frog? Slowly. Same how you commit adultery, how you murder someone. It's not a once-off decision, it's a slow fade. Okay? So what has happened to the church over time, I believe, is we've gotten so used to the things of the world the earthly things, that we don't know what it is to be heavenly minded. So when we pray, as it is on earth, as it is in heaven, we don't know what we want. We don't know what it should look like. We don't have the picture of heaven in our hearts, so therefore we don't speak forth in faith, and we don't proclaim with all authority how it should be, and therefore we don't see the miracles, we don't see the change, we don't see the world we want to live in. It's not bad news, by the way. <laughs> 
but it's a wake-up call. Because if we want to pray as it is in heaven, we need to know how it is in heaven. The thing is, you are there. (laughs) But are you there? What is it that you're occupied with? Colossians 3, verse 1. Sorry, Sumi, I know I'm keeping you awake there. Colossians 3 and verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. What should we seek? Those things. What things? Where Christ is. Where is Christ? Sitting at the right hand of God. Now, why, how do we do that? Set your mind. If you go hunting, you can't just shoot anywhere. Because what are you going to do? You're going to be a danger and you're not going to eat. <laughs> You need to set. You need to, it, it's an action. It's, it's a preparation. It's a focus. You need to set your mind. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Great reset. New world order. COVID. Vaccines. Political agendas. 5G. Which of that is in heaven? Which of that is above? Think about John the Baptist. Herod marrying his brother's wife. Is that an earthly thing or a heavenly thing? You never thought I'll bash John the Baptist. I'm not bashing him. I'm learning from his mistakes. That's an earthly thing. The word says, yeah, sexual immorality is of your body, but it's still your earth suit. He was here to proclaim the King of the universe, the Savior, the Messiah, to point everyone to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How big a calling is that? How big an assignment is that? How awesome is that? And then we shouldn't get distracted by the things of the earth, the, the little foxes like the Song of Songs talks about. But it's not going to happen by itself. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died And your life is hidden where? With Christ in God. That's the revelation. So you almost need to reverse through these verses. So realize that you're dead. Amen. That's good news. (laughs) What can man do to me? They can kill you, but I'm already dead. Okay, so let's move on. Verse 2 then says, Set your mind on things above. Why? Because that's where you really live. And who's there with you? Verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting. Is there implication in our everyday lives? Of course there is. You're wearing masks. There's a lockdown. There's... Is, 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 is COVID real? Yes. But is it irrelevant where it comes from? Yes, it is irrelevant because it's still earthly. And I'm not making light of it. I'm saying let's not be earthly minded. Let's be heavenly minded so that we can be earthly good. As it is in heaven, so we need to be completely aware of how things should be and then speak into this world with power and authority how things should be. Now, I said there's nothing new under the sun. Let's go to Psalm 2. This, I mean, this is amazing. This is really amazing. Where are we? Well, in Technopark, where are we in the Word? 
We're in Psalm 2. Psalm 2. Okay? How long ago is that written? It's thousands of years ago. Okay? Look what it says. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against these anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> Just go to verse 2 again, please. The kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together. I don't know if you, but there's, there's meetings happening in the world. I believe they do, because the word says it does. Against the Lord and against his anointed. Why? They don't want us here. <laughs> okay? They don't want us here. Why? Because they have a wrong perspective of who God is. Verse 3 says then, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. The New Living Translation says, Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. People are anti-Christ. The world is anti-Christ. And it's, it, it says in verse 1, They are setting counsel, look at this, sorry, verse 2 again, together against the Lord and against these anointed. The Antichrist is not new. Because Christ is not new. Go read Hebrews 11 and it speaks about Moses and Christ. When Moses lived, he was, he, he was dealing with Christ as a reality. Hebrews 11. You probably never knew that. That's amazing. Against the Lord and against His anointed. Now, I didn't go and look at the anointed, if it's Lord or what. It can be Jesus, it can be us. Because we are the Lord's anointed. Okay? Verse 3, the Amplified Classic says, Let us break their bands of restraint asunder and cast their cords of control from us. So they, the world thinks that God wants to control everything and make life boring and like just uh, be this... No, he's not a fun uncle, is he? No, he's a loving father. But they think God is rules and it's restraint and it's slavery. But the world has a completely different view of God. They see a higher power or being that wants to control and manipulate for his own best interest. That's what the world thinks about God. And that's why I don't want that God. Neither do I. <laughs> I'm also out. But that's not who God is. That's where they miss it. If they knew the true God, then they would have an opportunity to speak up and to stand up and to say, yes, Lord. Some of them won't like it even still because they're so hard at heart and prideful. And if you look in the book of Acts, when the gospel is shared, one or two things happen. They cut to the heart, and then how they respond is either by stoning Stephen or by 300 people coming to Christ. Same message. Two completely different reactions. We know that we are the children of God, that He loves us first, and that He wants our best for us. Yes, we are slaves, slaves to righteousness and children to God, the God of the universe. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. Let's read Psalm 2 again from the Passion Translation this time. It says, How did the nations plan a rebellion? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit. As the rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and His anointed, saying, Let's come together and break away from the Creator. Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and of His Christ. Go throughout history, it's not a new thing. It's not a new thing. 
That's what communism did. The rulers of the world meeting together to get away, to get rid of God. This is Psalm 2, people. <laughs> it's Psalm 2. It is crazy. So, the question then is twofold. How does God respond? How does God respond? So God sees what's happening. He sees they're plotting and they're making plans and they like the Antichrist is at work. How does God respond? Because I believe that's how we should respond. Because the word says, follow us, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Do, not, do what I do because I do what Christ does. Let's be like Him. So, I just love this. <laughs> what is our response, people, to all the challenges we're facing? Verse 4. He who sits in the heavens laughs. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Because he's ignorant? No, he knows exactly what they're planning and doing. But it is as if, and it's more so, a hundred times more so, but think about you coming into your home and there's a bunch of ants wanting to take over. And they're plotting and they're working and they, like they, they're making, like, and you can even hear them and they're going to, oh, we don't like Peter and we're going like, to kick him out and he's just a slave master. I mean, like, really? What's ants or a bug's life? It's, it's, like, it's like that. It's like, that's what it must be for, like for God. It's like, these guys plot and they, they just have absolutely no idea what they're up against. I think he also cries because they don't know his true nature. So how do we respond? Be heavenly minded. We laugh about the plotting, but we do something about the love. For we love because He first loved us. Again, it's not ignorance. And I know if I look around the room, there's many of us going through challenges currently, and I'm not making light of it at all. Not at all. In fact, I say, hey, what you're going through is real but you're not going through it alone. We're not up against this insurmountable power and like not knowing where to go and... (laughs) Our God, our Dad, our Father, He knows. He knows enough. He knows more than we do. When there's closed door meetings and on weird islands, if there is... We're not there. He's there. Yet, He laughs. He laughs. The Lord has them in derision. The Amplified says, God enthroned merely laughs at them. The Sovereign sovereign One mocks their madness. He's like, do you guys really think you're going to get rid of me. My church, my bride, my children. Yes, it might go tough. It might be not as easy as it used to be. But God's not going anywhere. How does God respond? How should we respond? He who sits in the heavens does what? He laughs. Where is he, the one that laughs? In heaven. What's he doing there? Sitting. Okay, That's Psalm 2. 
just remember that. <laughs> remember, this is not Ephesians, this is not Revelation, this is Psalm 2. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Now let's go. These days when you scroll, you, so it's about, let's find it. So here's Psalms. Now I must make sure I get it, otherwise one of you can see so far and then... Okay, so Psalm 2 is there, okay? You see. Now we go to Ephesians 2. Okay, so there's a lot that happens... There's a lot that happens there. Okay. The power at B doesn't change though. God is still God. Amen? God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is still love. God is still holy. He's still almighty. He's still for us, not against us. But something changes, and what changes? The Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men can become the sons of God. If that was too quick, I'll say it again. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. Okay? That's what Jesus came to do. So now we take Psalm 2 and we go to Ephesians 2. And Ephesians 2 says something which is very similar to Psalm 2. Ephesians 2, verse 6, says, And He raised us up together with whom? With Christ. Okay? And did what? Made us sit together. Now you can link Psalm 2, Psalm 23, Ephesians 2. He makes you sit down. Where? In heaven in heavenly places, in the heavenlies. Where? In Christ. Remember what I said about as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. So what are we doing, Christians, believers, children of God? Where are we? In Christ. Where is Christ? In heaven. What is He doing there? He's sitting. Now I'm going to go back to Psalm 2. And I'm going to ask you, how do we respond? The world is plotting. They're making plans. They want to get rid of God. They, they want to control the world. They, how do we respond? Psalm 2, please, to me. Verse 3. That's what they want to do. They want to get rid of us. Verse 4. He who sits in the heavens shall do what? Laugh. Cry, be fearful, send around links and videos. And Is it happening? Of course it is. <laughs> it's evident. It's not hidden anymore. How shall we respond? The question is not what is happening. The question is where are we? That's the question. We sang the song, Look full in the eyes of grace, and the things of this earth 
will grow strangely dim in the eyes of His glory and grace. It's like those ants plotting. Next time you get a fear-mongering link or video, or I hope you keep that in mind. See them plotting, and yes, it's true, and I can see it, but he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. We had a word in prayer the other day from our sister church in Zimbabwe, and they said this was one word, love. And I was meditating on it and thinking about it, and then this past week, this whole thing just sort of came up. And it was after someone in church asked me a question, and I had to go study it out, and I came across Psalm 2, and I was like, wow, (laughs) there's the answer. It's nothing new. It's not if it's happening. Yes, it is happening, but it's not what we focus on. So let's end off with Colossians 3. And verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. I want to say where Christ is and where you are, believer. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The knowledge is according to the image of who God is and who Christ is and who you are in him. Not more knowledge of understanding the world systems and their agendas. That's not where renewal comes from. That's not where life comes from. It's not to outmaneuver them. No, because as it is in heaven, so let it be. You don't need to know how it is on earth to know how it is in heaven. You have a prototype Let's deliver the prototype. You don't care what is currently happening so much. We care for people. We want to see them come to Christ, live in the fullness of their reality, be born again, be saved, be righteous, shining lights, salt and light in this world. As it is in heaven, forget about what it is like on earth. That's the challenge. That's the growing up part. That's the spiritual part. You are there. We are there. And I'm like always preaching to myself first. Because we get caught up and we get drawn in and we, we, we lose focus. At the end of the day, that's what it is. But as it is in heaven. Did David look at Goliath and try to maneuver and understand his way of attack? And is he going to use the spear first or is he going to use the sword? And how's he going to block? And what's his defense? And what's his attack? And No says, my God will deliver your head into my hands. David, you don't even have a sword. He does. What did Saul say? You're, you're a youth. You're nothing. He's a man of war from his youth. All the more glory to God. The word says, not many wise... And I say not many famous, not many rich, not many prominent people will enter the kingdom of God. So are we willing to go under the radar and change the world from the bottom side up? When you go to work tomorrow, is the cleaner of the same value in your eyes than the CEO? 
To God it is. I believe that's another distraction, which is a worldly mindset of hierarchy that is keeping us from plundering hell and populating heaven. Just a, one practical thing. So beautiful, the Holy Spirit helps you out. Look at verse 11. <laughs> Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Ask yourself, what are you worth? You are worth Christ. Because you are worth what someone is willing to pay for you. What is your car worth, if you have a car? What you are willing to pay for it, either once off or monthly. That's why you have that, or you got it and someone else was willing to give it to you. Christ is the price that was paid for me and for you. That is what we are worth. Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved... See, we're not trying to become holy. We're not trying to earn God's love. We are seated in heaven. You're already there. You're already there. We need to live from there, not for there. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Oh, who wants long-suffering? Let's stand up and pray for more long-suffering this morning. Amen? I'm looking for leaders standing up, but no one. Okay. Bearing with one another. Forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Go read Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. It's the other way around. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. Now he says, you have been forgiven, now forgive. Something changed. But above all these things, what is it that we do? How do we react? Put on love which is the bond of perfection. If you go out and you minister or you work or you do whatever, if you do it with love, moved by compassion, moved by love, you can't go wrong. You can't. It's not rebellious, it's not fearful, it's love. Because perfect love casts out fear. It's a bond of perfection. That's why they could never stop the church. They've, they've been trying since Jesus. <laughs> since before that, we've now seen that they didn't like God since Psalm 2. No. Babylon. Go to Genesis. Tower of Babel. It's, it's all along. It's nothing new under the sun. So how do we respond? Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Now, what we have done, I know, in Grace Life is we've used this as to say, do you have peace with the decision that you're making? Let the peace be the judge of yes or no. I'm going to say it's not... I'm going to say it's not what it says. <laughs> but what I will say is not only what it says, okay? Next time I speak about it, I'll say it's not what it says. It's not what it says. Let the peace of God rule, not in your decisions, in your heart. 
So when you get up in the morning and you are worried and you get another thing and another bad news and another ping, then you don't want to pick up the ping because the red dot is not good news these days, are they? You have an opportunity to let. Either you're going to let your heart be afraid or you're going to let the peace of God rule in your heart. But you let the let. You, have, you press the button. When God calls you to do something crazy, it's not whether you're at peace. You won't be. Promise, I promise you. <laughs> Two nights before I resigned my job, I didn't sleep. So now I can't do it because, of, no, God was at peace with what he was inviting me into. And even though my physical body wasn't, I knew if my God, my dad is at peace, then I'll get there. If God calls you to go to Afghanistan tomorrow, you use this and you want to pray for peace, you're not going to go. But, God calls you and you know He's at peace and you're not fearful and as it is in heaven, so let it be and all authority has been given to Jesus and therefore go out into the world and change the world. Okay. Maybe. Let's just make sure it's God. <laughs> Amen. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I'm going to just read another few translations of this verse to you. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body you are called to live in peace. Not overthrow the government. And always be thankful. The New Living Bible says, or the Living Bible, Let the peace of the heart that comes from Christ be always present in your hearts and lives. For this is your responsibility and privilege as members of His body. That's good. The peace comes from Christ, but it's your responsibility and your privilege to enjoy it, to let it in, to let it rule. The Amplified says, let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Him. There you go. Why are we overwhelmed? Because we're missing out on our daily walks. Our walks with Christ, our chats with Him, living intimately as one with Him. Be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling the questions that arise. As people of God, we can't just kick the can down the road and not give answers to people who ask us questions. But let's make sure we give answers of hope, answers of love, answers of faith. Can I say answers that are true? Let's know what the world is about and let's speak from that place. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members of one body of believers and be thankful to God always. The ERV, easy to read, says, Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. It is for peace that you were chosen to be together in one body and always be thankful. Let the peace that comes from Christ control your thinking. As it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Yes, we are here. John 17, Jesus prays for those who will live in this world. It's us. But we are here to make a difference. And the biggest difference you can make is not to get caught up in the chaos and the storms around us, but to walk on top of those storms. To speak into those storms. To say, storm, be still. Person, be healed. Life, be changed. Let people experience grace. Hear about Jesus. Live out this life. Let's not get sidetracked and rebellious and try and fight fights that we're not up for. You're not assigned for that. You're not 
you're not equipped for that. We are equipped to go out into all the world and share the gospel, to make disciples of Christ. And that is irrelevant of what political party or world order is at, in control. Because he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. And if you're a believer, you are seated right there. So let's stand together. Just close your eyes. I know this is a, maybe a challenging word. Maybe it's a bit of a, a wake-up call. If you made notes, you want to get my notes, you can get it. I'll give you all the scriptures. But where you are right now, remember I asked you before the service, take stock. And maybe you've now seen of where you could be, or where you can be, or where your thinking should be. And in business we call it a gap analysis. You see where you are and you see where you should be and you know there's, there's a gap. And I know the Holy Spirit wants to help you bridge that gap. Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. So where you are, just, just open your hands if you want to receive. You want to receive more peace. Peace comes through love because love casts out fear. Holy Spirit, right now, we just thank you. In the name of Jesus, that we don't need to fear. This is now for you and God. This is, this is for believers. If you're a believer, go on, speak to God. If you're not a believer, I'm going to speak to you right now. Say, this peace only comes from Christ. This love only comes through Jesus. This authority is only because you become His child. And if you've never done that, then I want to invite you into this life that is heavenly. It's not ideal. It's not necessarily comfortable. But it's heavenly. And if you want to live this heavenly life, I want you to, right now, whether you're in the room or online, just say, hey Lord, I want to receive Christ. I believe that He died, that He was risen from dead, that He rose and ascended into heaven, that He forgave and paid for all my sins, and I now make Him Lord of my life. Jesus, have all of me. I give over. I'm going to stop trying Because I want to stop fearing. I want to stop crying. I want to stop wondering. I want to stop lying awake at night. I want to, I want to enjoy your presence and your peace. I want, to, I want to live this life as one with you. I've got good news for you. If you just prayed that, or if you've prayed it before, that is true. You are one with Christ. One with Him. 
Colossians 3 and verse 16 says, Let the teaching of Christ live inside you richly. Use all wisdom to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The Amplified says, Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you. Dwelling in your heart and mind, permeating every aspect of your being. So how do we do this? How do we go out here and how do we change if we know we want to? Well, it's realizing that you're not changing, you're becoming who you already are. You're like fulfilling the stature of the fullness of Christ, according to Ephesians, 6, uh, Ephesians 4. Sorry. But it comes through renewal of the mind, it comes through the word, it comes through discipleship. That's why we have people standing here talking about groups and Bible studies and ministry school and mission and, and living out the life of Christ inside of us. And I promise you, if we need more leaders, we'll get more leaders. But we want to minister to you. We want to disciple you. We want to help you, walk with you. Because we know there's a, the battle is real. The fight is on. And you're not going to laugh by yourself. You need to laugh in family. You need to laugh as part of the community. You need, sometimes you just need a shoulder to cry on. I told someone the other day, you get all the greatest teachings in the world online, but whose shoulder are you crying on? Because that's family. That's church. And that's what we're building here. It's not a show. It's not someone up front with a lot to say. It is family. It's community. It's, it's a participation station, if you will. And we're growing there. And we, I want to equip and encourage and empower you to, to, to come and let's celebrate Christ together. But not just on a Sunday. Every day of the week. Where you go, go and be salt. Go and be light. Take a teaching. Share it with someone. We try and make it as easy as possible for you to do so. I'm not going to make it too easy because then you're not going to do it. <laughs> I've said this before. I say it again. I've never made a church decision for comfort that's led to growth. I've never made a decision to change a service time, to, to move something to, that has led to growth if it was comfort focused. The Holy Spirit is our comforter because we live from heaven to earth. So let's be heavenly minded. Think, set your mind on things above. It's not going to just change today. It's going to be hard work. But you're not working to get into heaven. You're working to realize that's where you are. That's the renewal that is happening. So I want to just pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak peace over your children. Over their lives, over their challenges, over their families. I know it's been tough and I know work has been harder than it should be. Much more than you signed up for. This is for someone. It's been, it's been crazy. In fact, if you knew it would be like this, you'd never sign up for it in the first place. This is for a few people, actually. And I just feel God say, I know. And it can be for a season... I don't want to say do it or don't do it. I don't want to get into that. I want to just say, serve God as unto Christ. And He's the type of boss that will say, take an off day. He's the type of boss that will say, hey, you need to spend time with your wife. He's the type of boss that will say, hey, take care of yourself. Acts 20, 28, take heed of yourself and of the flock. 
not the other way around. We're not going to give God glory if we're all burned out Christians. I want to just pray with people here. If you've got family members or friends, colleagues that are sick, that's fighting sickness, fighting COVID, fighting anything else, just where you are, just, I want to say, just extend your hand and let's just release as a church the power of God, the healing power in us. The fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. That's our promise. So Father, right now we speak into these situations. We speak life. We speak breath. We speak oxygen. We speak fresh air. We speak full functionality and recovery into the bodies of the people who are sick who is represented here right now. We release the power of God. By the word of Jesus, we say, be healed right now. Devil, get your hands off God's children. And leave. In Jesus' name, be healed. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.